Welcome back to Catherine's Corner. If this is your first episode, welcome. My name is Den, and you're listening to A Quiet Corner of the Internet, where we talk about our feelings and thoughts and how we can grow into better humans. Make sure to follow or subscribe to the show wherever you like to listen from to never miss an episode every Friday. And if you want to stay updated on the show, you can go and join our little community over at Catherine's Corner. You can type it into Google. You can go over to Instagram. You'll find it. How are we doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing okay. I'm tired. I'm really tired. We moved in my brother to university today because he does summer training because he's a footballer. American football, not soccer. But <laughs> yeah, that was tiring. Moving is always tiring and it just made me think about how I'm going to have to do that again after having to do it like not even a month ago in like a few weeks but I think it'll no it won't be better moving just sucks (laughs) but we're not talking about moving today are we let's get into today's topic the villain era because the villain era seems to be something that's been coming up a lot in the year of our lord 2022 which i find fascinating and the general idea seems to be self-advocacy take no prisoners do what's best for you kind of attitude you know like a proper villain i would like to play devil's advocate against this villainy but first I want to go through the cues for you for this week and see what you guys had to say about villains and the villain era and why we're so obsessed with villains. On Instagram, I asked you guys a series of questions. The first question I asked you guys this week was just start off simple, villains or heroes? And it was almost 50-50. It was so close to being 50-50, but in the end, it ended up being 47% to the heroes. 53% to the villains. So the villains won. That is not surprising (laughs) looking at the rest of the story. So let's look at the rest of the questions. In media, do you think villains or heroes are stronger as characters at the end of the day? 89% of you said villains, obviously, and 11% of you said heroes. So I asked why, why is that? Why do villains just seem better or stronger as characters. And a lot of you guys took this more narratively, which I thought was really interesting. Some answers that stuck out to me were villains being constantly in a battle with the world and themselves as why they just seem stronger as characters, which like true, like finding your inner demons and the demons of the world out to get you that's a lot that's a lot for one person to handle especially like comparing it to like oh the hero has to save the world (laughs) no but i think it's a more relatable strength which you guys bring up later but the other answer that i liked a lot that i wanted to highlight here was just like generally more development is put into their how and why which like i've never processed how true that is and it makes sense in retrospect because you have to like a like a like a villain like ursula for example you have to justify why she's going after this poor young mermaid and taking this young mermaid's voice like you need to understand what her motives are she can't just go and do it 
just because like you need to be able to really feel that backstory because it's like layers of reasoning right so where like the initial reason is just like ah, i just want it and it's like no one's gonna buy into that you know like oh you want it why her specifically you know but then the deeper we get into how she was like rejected from the kingdom and how like titan is for like her brother or something it's been a while since i've seen the little mermaid but like you know what i mean just like really building like how we can find empathy for this character to build richness into like this arc of like oh i don't know where to go because like i feel for you but also our hero and you know just tug on the audience's heartstrings screenwriting 101 it definitely makes sense that there's just more time put into villains because they are harder to justify compared to a hero and we spend the whole story with the hero my other question that I asked you guys was, why do we identify with villains, period? Which you guys kind of touched on earlier. So highlighted answers being just like, it's the relatability. Part of it being the fact that villains have those like set backstories and gray morals, so it makes them feel more human to us. But on top of that, as another one of you pointed out, we all have bad things that happen to us and we all have that side of us that deep down wants to be the villain and like do bad things as a result of the bad thing that happened take on that revenge and let that like anger fuel us instead of being the bigger person and trying to find like peace <laughs> So, moving on from just villains, hypothetically speaking, I asked you guys what's so appealing about the villain era, because that's more what we're talking about today, is the villain era. What, what's the appeal? Why, why are people so into the villain era? Is the villain era and being a villain a little bit different, but still. Of the answers, one of you gave like the coolest quote for an answer that I absolutely loved and had to have down somewhere and it is heroes give up their love for the world but villains give up the world for their love meaning that villains will chase after what they want whereas heroes are constantly having to weigh the greater good of the world over their own desires and I think that's just like a good way to tap into the core of all of this, right? We're like, deep down, we all want to be kind of, not even selfish, but we just want to go after what we want, even if it means leaving the world behind. And there's a lot of different ways to think about it, right? To where it could be selfish as the like initial instinctive interpretation of that is you know like fuck everyone i'm gonna go for what i want but also like if the world treats you badly yeah fuck everyone go for what you want you know take that crown take that voice i can't be mad <laughs> the other answer that i feel like really sums up what the appeal of the villain era is although to clarify all the answers are great and you should definitely go and look at them on the story highlights. But the other answer I wanted to point out was, nothing is appealing about the villain era. What if you said, it's just a good word for wanting revenge instead of healing on your own, which I'm very excited to talk about later. But I just wanted to put that out there because I feel like it, like that's what it is, right? To where like, you can choose to be like, fuck the world, 
I'm gonna do my own thing or you can look inward and be like, why do I feel rejected by the world in the first place, you know? What am I looking for? What do I actually want? Versus focusing on the voice or the crown or... It's always the voice or the crown, isn't it? It's like I wanna be you or I wanna have power or... It's always, it's power. Power is what all the villains tend to go for. Power revenge. And then finally, I asked, what would it take for you guys to enter your villain era? Which I know is like, now they're, well, now I'm rethinking my life after that last statement of like, okay, or you could heal. <laughs> but like, let me just read your answers before I go defending you all. The answer I wanted to highlight that I feel like sums up what all of you said and what a lot of people would say as an answer to like their villain origin stories or their villain era, more accurately, origin stories. It's just being wronged over and over, whether that's from like love or men was a consistent one. Although let's be real, I know we're in our I hate all men era as like a collective, but like non-men do be evil. <laughs> non-men do be rancid. And I do not want them to get off the hook just because men as a whole tend to be trash on a insanely consistent basis. But that's different. That's a different episode. <laughs> that's a different discussion. But yes, that's the last of the cues I asked you guys this week. Thank you as always to everyone who participates. I highly recommend you go and look at the story highlight on Catherine's Corner on IG and look at what everyone else answered who I didn't highlight because you guys are just always so like open and insightful and I love responding and I love looking through what you guys have to say and yes it's just so much fun. I love I love doing it. I love that it's been incorporated more into the show. That being said, I need a break. <laughs>
Korean barbecue with my friends from home and it was really nice. I've never had it before. It was super fun. Um, as for all my vegans out there, forgive me for saying this, but there's just something about meat being prepared with like care and like purpose that makes it taste so much better. It's one of the reasons why I don't think they'll ever be like fully vegan. Just because I love luxury meat. I love, I love just like, I love the artistry that is cooking. And if veganism is gonna keep me away from that, I can't do it. I'll do veganism for dietary purposes only, which you know. But anyways, my next favorite of the day is tarot reading. I started tarot reading like April, mid, early April with playing cards because you can tarot read with playing cards. It's a form of cardomancy because apparently tarot cards were also used as like playing cards back in the yield days, which is fascinating. But I started tarot reading with playing cards and it's been cool, it's been fun, and the more that I learn about tarot, the more fascinated I am and the more I want to keep learning about it. And it's been very helpful for me as far as like tapping back into my intuition and kind of healing my intuition. After a very rough intuitive period where I was kind of like questioning my sanity. <laughs> but yeah, tarot's been really great for me for that. I got uh, my first proper tarot deck today, actually. It's the starter deck, Rider-Waite-Smith. Yeah, I'm gonna start learning the 78, all 78 cards. I do already kind of have like a basic knowledge of them with like, cause playing cards are all like the minor arcana which you can Google what that means. This is not a tarot episode, but I wanna do a tarot episode actually. I'm thinking, I have lots of thoughts in this big old brain of mine, but I'm familiar with like some of the minor arcana meanings, but with like tarot tarot cards and not like playing cards, you can use like imagery to gain more meaning on the readings that you're doing, which is also why based on my research, it's good to start with the Rider-Waite-Smith deck. A lot of the newer tarot decks will like use Rider Waite as a basis for their own imagery, but the imagery they use isn't consistent across other decks because the way they'll interpret cards is a bit different. So it's good to start with this deck so that you have a basic understanding of like generally what all these different cards will mean for different decks, but other decks will like embellish that meaning. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. If you're interested in tarot, I would definitely look into it. I would, I definitely wouldn't write it off. It's not as intimidating as it seems. Start, start real simple. Like you can get a deck of tarot cards for like $5 apparently. Um, or you can start with playing cards and just look up playing card tarot or like cardomancy tarot and start there. Really good for me, really fun. I've enjoyed it. And then my last favorite of the day um, is Pilates. Love Pilates. I've been looking for a form of exercise that doesn't break my body because I'm very weak and <laughs> like I'm not like so weak I can't like lift anything or do anything but I'm weak enough to where like I can't lift things that are heavy for like a lot or even like a little bit honestly or it seems like it's gotten better which I'm blaming on Pilates. Um, but like before when I would lift heavy things because of my wrist injury, like literally the fall semester, 
it would mess up like I couldn't use my wrist at all I'd be like immobile in my wrists for like days and it sucked and then like I've been having like back problems not back problems my back just hurts a lot and like I don't know just it's really easy for me to get hurt in a way that makes me really nervous so I've been doing Pilates to strengthen my body so that I can also do other forms of exercise that I enjoy um, but Pilates is nice because it really like tones you up and really like works your muscles without putting a lot of stress on them so if you are intimidated by like weight lifting or you hate how exhausting I mean Pilates is exhausting make no mistake but like if you are also someone who is very just sensitive and needs like gentleness in your exercise um pilates is great because you will get the same results as you would with the more hardcore hit type workout um with a lot less wear and tear which is nice i like it a lot so for today's topic the villain era i've been thinking i've been thinking my shit i've been thinking my shit and now i want to talk it this is going to be very interesting because, as we know, I outline all my episodes because I ramble if I don't. In my original notes, I literally have, I hate the term so much. I feel like your answers about villains have softened my position a little bit. But the baseline points I have, I still stand by. So I hate the term now a little bit less, but my reason for feeling kind of odd about the fact that it's popular, especially, or that it's being used to the excess that it is has more to do with like the subliminal messaging that comes with like using terminology like that because i'm a person who believes that words are power like just the way you choose to word things and the words you choose to use for situations have so much effect on perspective and meaning and to me considering the villain era and what it means and like villainizing like healthy behaviors doesn't sit right with me i understand how like idioms work and how internet language works but still it's the same thing as like calling yourself stupid as a joke to me you know like i feel like the more you say it the less your brain is able to decode the lightheartedness of it because jokes hold truth right there's nothing villainous or evil about finally setting boundaries and standing up for yourself or living authentically. When I was getting ready for this episode, I was watching a video by one of my favorite YouTubers. I talked about it before, Anna Akana, and she was discussing the villain era and she pointed out how a lot of times people who end up entering their villain era, quote unquote, or people who are people pleasers historically, who then starts setting boundaries with people who took advantage of their people pleasing and those people see them as a villain for not going with their will and so going with that individual's person's desires you know like baseline like desire stuff not like fuck the world stereotypical villain stuff but to them it feels that way because they're not self-centered right and i understand like i do understand that that is why the phrasing is the way that it is. But it's also kind of ironic, isn't it? Because like the whole point of the villain era is to stop giving a fuck about how people see you. And I know like the idea is like, oh, you're gonna own it now, but it's like you're owning their perspective of you. You're not owning your perspective of yourself. And I think 
part of the reason why it's empowering for people is because villains, as we've kind of talked about earlier, are seen as more powerful because they have to deal with their own shit and the shit the world gives them. But they're also filled with power, lust, and anger, and rage, and this need for revenge that just isn't healthy or fruitful. And as much as it looks like self-advocacy, it isn't, right? It's letting a wound fester instead of healing yourself so you can take those steps to set the boundaries and assert yourself and go after what you want and what you deserve, you know, even if there's people who are against you. Because you don't want to burn bridges on the way to, like, hopefully being the most ideal version of yourself for yourself, you know? And frankly, if someone sees you as a bad person for standing up for yourself and for not taking their shit anymore and for not living your life in accordance to what they want all the time, then frankly, they're pretty shit. (laughs) They might be the villain in that situation. They might be the villain in your story. And as much as you might feel like the villain in theirs, it's not true objectively, is it? Which also starts to bring me a little bit into my second point. Not perfectly, but a little bit. With this villain era idea and being the villain, and taking on the villain persona as like a way of empowerment or identity even. It's tricky because I really feel like especially Disney villains, like peak peak, camp, borderline drag, (laughs) villains are very queer coded, misunderstood, the queer coded misunderstood underdogs who with a different life, different opportunities, different social standing, different whatever, could be heroic. There's a part of us that identifies with that specific standing, with not being able to be that main character, with not being able to be seen as the good guy within society just because of how we were born or what we were raised in, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. On the other hand, weren't they given those circumstances within their own schema because there are people who take on similar attributes within our real world, right? People who are outsiders, people who are seen as lesser than, not good enough, evil even, who objectively do so much good for the world and give so much care and actively build community and choose to try and make the world a better place for the people around them, for the world at large, and for themselves. Being able to honor all all these different aspects without becoming a villain or embodying a villain or needing to identify as a villain. Because the thing with villains, people who identify so strongly with villains and villains themselves is that villains want chaos. They choose chaos instead of not order per se, but love and understanding and healing. They choose chaos and revenge and anger. And sometimes it's fun chaos, like, you know, a Harley Quinn moment, going insane, you know. Sometimes mental illness makes us the villains in people's lives and we can't control that. 
But also being mentally ill doesn't give you an excuse to be an asshole, right? Because there's a fine line between being a Harley Quinn and being a Joker. And it's a very, very thin line. Because they work closely together, don't they? And villains are really fun as characters within the world of a story. Because one thing that we're taught, in screen and writing at least, and storytelling I'm sure, is that while we shouldn't build characters based solely around the plot, characters do serve the story. Characters don't hold the same depth as real people. We create depths in characters to serve the story. If a character is humanized, it is to help the story. It strengthens the story and doesn't strengthen the character and if the character is strengthened it's because a strong character will improve the story. But in real life we are all complex, we are all living all these different subplots all at once and they're all equally as important to us sometimes. <laughs> so these characteristics that are fun in these villains when they are serving the story, the drama of the story, are so toxic and detrimental when it comes to real life. So I get very suspicious and concerned with the romanticization of the villain and the embrace of villainy because it's just another coping mechanism. It's like a late stage form of teen angst to me. I've seen the villain era taken by people, not as a space for healing, but as an excuse for similar destruction. Like, oh, my friends all hate me now? I guess I'm the villain. Oh, I've hit rock bottom? Time for my villain era. And it's like, no, babe. <laughs> no, babe. You don't get to, like, okay, you can feel like the outcast. You can feel cast aside. You can feel like, all people see is the evil in you but you have to recognize that you are both deeply flawed and sometimes very evil <laughs> but also you are good and you bring joy to people's lives and you find joy in your own life and in yourself you do both you are multifaceted because you're a person and not a character that's the tricky thing with this main character syndrome is that we're not allowed to be people because we're so stuck on betraying a certain persona, right? Which is why, again, to me this era just becomes a prettier version of that teenage nihilism that throws life to the side and empathy to the side a connection and you're doomed with the self-prescribed villain in this classic fairy tale life of strife and loneliness but it's self-imposed you're the self-imposed villain and you don't want to be that you can be a bad bitch and a good person <laughs> hence the title you're not a villain you're just being a person and sometimes people do bad things sometimes people are perceived as bad but you get to choose good you get to choose good you get to choose growth you get to choose healing and you're allowed to be hurt and broken and feel lonely and also be able to blossom in the time that it needs to take for you to blossom. You don't have to take on the villain persona as a way to feel safe. You can feel safe in your pain. 
So I vote that we retire this villain era nonsense because what you're really wanting to do when you say villain era is step into your power. So go step into your power, babe. I believe in you. Heal first, but then go step into the light. Step into the light. Certain times I'm not ever. You know what's funny? That song to me is like the perfect villain, hero turned villain song. But like, have you heard Harry's house? Sounds like someone who's learning how to heal to me. You know what time it is? It's time for some deep breaths before we go. Ready? In, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, five, six, in, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, five, six, in, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, five, six. Before you go, remember to follow or subscribe wherever you like to listen from to receive future episodes. This podcast is available to listen to on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, and Stitcher. If you want to stay updated on the show, you can go join our little community over at Cafe's Corner. You're amazing. You're doing what you can. Take care. Step into your power. And I'll see you here next week on Cafe's Corner.